Welcome to Drunk on Comics, episode 269. Lindsay is joining me. <laughs> Sorry, that was the pervert in me. <laughs> I was, was going <laughs> to... I was going to giggle too, but I was trying to keep a professional face because this is a professional podcast. Nobody thinks that. No, I know they don't. <laughs> if you're just tuning in now, now's your time to tune off. This because... is your warning. <laughs> this is the whole rest of the podcast. Oh man, we uh, we had fun this week. We did. Spe- we... Specifically with a particular... Man of spiders. Friendly neighborhood man of spiders. Yeah, why can't you just... Stick around your neighborhood. <laughs> uh, yes, we were able to go see Spider-Man Homecoming before everyone. So we reviewed it a little bit, but don't worry. I don't think we gave anything away that was, like, super important. No, just go so, see it. Yeah. Uh, we also talked about some comic books we loved. I talked about Flintstones. And I talked about Gem. Um, we got into a bit of Marvel's legacy and what that means and what we're speculating it means, because we really don't know. 800 million different variant covers that are coming out from that. Uh, we talked about Jack Kirby, hopefully getting his own little Google Doodle for his birthday. And, yep. Tony, and Tony said Google Doodle about five times. Just because it couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> pronunciate. What, 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 Make talk? words good? Yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> So, I guess sit back, relax, and enjoy Drunk on Comics, episode 269. We saw Spider-Man Homecoming before y'all. Ha ha. playing with that no i'm gonna be playing with it for forever for the rest of my life as long as i can make spider-man look like he's looking at you um like what the fuck are you doing tony i'm gonna keep doing it (laughs) (laughs) aren't you glad i told you to download the app yeah just as spider-man says shrug (laughs) (laughs) and what is the app that you are playing with right now hollow hollow That was terrible. Hello. Not British hello. Hello. Like Like a hologram. hologram. Although he moves around a lot. Oh, that one's good. And his voice by Tom Holland, too. Yeah. He's an official product of Spider-Man. I guess. It must be. It is the Tom Holland suit, so I can't imagine they were just... And it just says blatantly on there, Spider-Man Homecoming, which did I not call that there would be a homecoming? Yes. Spoilers. The... Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> We're getting right into the, the tidbits Although of this Although I feel this like week. that's not really like a large plot device. No, and I'm pretty sure everyone would have considered that since they've gone back to high school right. roots. But we were able to go see Spider-Man Homecoming as a special preview, and... We are going to talk a little bit about it. We are. We're going to try not to be super spoilery. But, but. (laughs) yes, I mean, we're going to talk about it. I mean, you can easily Google it for some of the other people that have been able to see it in other press that and their thoughts. And we're going to try to be, we kind of suck at not being like. We're terrible at not uh, secrets. Yeah. (laughs) 
we <laughs> usually spoil the shit out of things. We're not so, good at secrets. I would say kind of fast forward a bit. We should always put this stuff at the end so that we, we can should. then say the rest. But we're not going to. No, we're going to do gonna it at the beginning. So yeah, we'll give you five seconds to pause. Well, why five? They could just pause right now. Three, need four, to do that. Five. There. I'm going to quick tell a story that encompasses me getting to go see this movie. Okay. So when I was a child, I won some free tickets to go see The Nightmare Before Christmas before it even came out. And I was excited as hell. Invited one of my best friends to come with me. So I went over to his house and his parents were going to give me a ride. And I think I was actually spending the night at his house. I can't remember the all those details. But... His sister then was going off to a friend's house. I got to tease my brother and sister that I was going to go see this movie with my buddy Aaron. We get to the movie theater and watch the movie. Everything is cool. But lo and behold, like two seats in front of us is Aaron's sister. Her friend that she went to go with seeing the movie. So he was kind of like upset that... He couldn't brag about it. Yeah. After the movie, come to find out, my dad took my brother and sister up to the movie theater to go watch a movie. I don't know what movie they were planning on seeing, but ran into someone that had some extra tickets, and so he <laughs> snuck them in. And so they got to see the movie, and I was pissed, because my special going to hang out with my buddy and getting to see this movie before everyone else that I knew, because really I only knew those two people right. and my brother and sister, so... Come come to uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, I see a post on Facebook of one of my friends who said, hey, who wants to go? I'm like, me, me, pick me. So I'm like, sweet, I'm going to get to see this before all my friends, and ha ha, sucks to be them. So while we're at B-dubs before the movie, lo and behold, I run into Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Fleetstra, who used to be on this show, and hey, what are you doing up here, hoping he's not going to say Spider-Man? <laughs> oh, I'm waiting to go see Spider-Man. Like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Also, they over gave away these yes. free tickets. Oh, yeah, uh, they always theater. do. So you needed to get there early. Thank God for picking seats. Mm-hmm. So me and my friend, we went and picked out our seats and then actually came on back to grab another beer before the movie. Told Kevin that, did you get your seats already? And he goes, well, I got this paper. I'm like, they were down to like five. Yeah. So him and his buddy had to sit on like opposite sides of the movie theater I got the, I literally, speaking of you thinking you were going to be the only one of your friends going, you text me and I'm like, I'm going to see Spider-Man. Yes. And I was so upset. Um, I actually got the last two seats together. Oh, in really? The theater, yeah. Yeah. I weaseled my way up to the front somehow before a bunch of other people in line. <laughs> I sat in the way back. We got two seats next to each other. Way back, like the last row. Never sat back there before. It was actually a little more roomier than I thought. There's more leg room, and I might sit back there for more movies. So, yes, you got to go see that with (laughs) Josh. And uh, you were the other two people I was going to, like, brag to. (laughs) So then what I had to do is stop by my brother's house on the way home from the movie. (laughs) Guess what I I just did? Yep. And he goes... Did you seriously just stop by my house just to brag? I go, yes. Well, it's he, on the way home. <laughs> he goes, get out. I go, no, let me tell you this story. And I was like, and then Kevin and Linz and then that. And, and I go, it's kind of like Nightmare Before Christmas all over. He goes, okay, that was worth, <laughs> worth it. So, yeah, we got to see uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. So by the time this podcast comes out, you'll have had the opportunity to see Spider-Man no, Homecoming they won't. as well. No, they won't. 
Yeah, it comes out on Friday, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't come out for a whole nother week. Really? No, July 7th. Did you not Friday. look at that app that you just were looking at? No, I was looking at Spider-Man's ass the whole time. Okay. Because Tom Holland is, he's a little cutie. Wow. Yeah. He's like a teenager. He's 21. <laughs> we Googled it. <laughs> no, we got to see this way in okay. advance. Okay. That would explain the whole, I thought it was weird that they were, they took our phones. They literally took our phone. Like they scanned us to make mm-hmm. sure we weren't lying about our phones in our pockets. Right. They had security guards in there. Like, I counted, like, three or four of them that were just looking in the crowd to see any scanning, like, yep. something recording. And I've never been in a preview that uh, high security Me before. Neither. But I can understand why. Yeah. It's... Especially if it's a week early. I, for some reason, thought it was coming out the holiday weekend, which is when, if there's a holiday weekend. No, nope, July 7th, which I'm surprised oh. that your app wouldn't tell you that in big, bold letters <laughs> when you're looking at the app that says, it does. Spider-Man Homecoming, July 7th. <laughs> Oh, wow. Details. <laughs> I don't pay attention to those. Well, the details of the movie. As our listeners know, I don't fucking pay attention to details. <laughs> Overall, what'd you think? It was amazing. It was so good. It was spectacular. <laughs> it was superior to all the other Spider-Man yes! movies. And yes. it very much was. It totally was. I, there was parts in there where I was like, I didn't quite couldn't put my hand on it like what it was that that really set it apart besides it being in the mcu right um and i i think it was afterwards i was thinking about it it was funny. what it was fucking funny the other ones had <laughs> humor too no it was tom holland oh yeah and the reason why is because toby mcguire was not a teenager at no. all no. and when he was filming that when what they did a later, a, you know, Peter Parker later in life. Sure, I got that. But the looking back on the first one, even though I thought that He's movie was amazing, high school. yeah, it yeah. just it didn't feel like high school. No, um, Andrew Garfield, I thought, kind of encompassed that. But again, looking at his character and relating to him, he didn't act as if he was a high schooler. Right. There was a little bit more of the tinkering and showing. Him making his his web shooters and stuff with Andrew Garfield, right? But it didn't feel like he was young and new to this, right? Let's go to Homecoming. It felt fresh and new. Oh heck yeah! And also finding out that Spider Man has technically been in the MCU for multiple years prior to him showing oh, up right. in Civil War. That's kind of cool to like know that in the background. And these are the small details that Marvel has done to kind of just be like, hey, he's there the whole time doing some things. You guys just didn't pay attention or know to just make that right. inclusive universe. Well, they started this movie with the cleanup of the Chitari invasion, which yeah, I which thought was, was awesome. A couple years ago right. in the Marvel. I'm pretty sure time. the Andrew Andrew Garfield movies had come out about about then. Wasn't with the first Avengers? Yeah. Well the first Avengers movies were about Six, seven years yeah, ago? Yeah, so I feel like his movies probably would have been out around then. Oh, yeah, for sure. So they definitely erased. Those are erased. Those oh. are alternate universes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, they that's this whole thing was a reboot, and they didn't go into how he got his powers. Oh, thank God. He mentioned it very briefly. Mm-hmm. I got bit by a spider. Well, and I like also the whole first bit... Hit bit by his fire. The whole first <laughs> bit of the movie was kind of showing how he came to get the suit, though. Right. Which I thought was even more interesting. 
Although knowing Tony Stark gave it to him, but seeing this, like, because it, it showed a, a couple funny camera angles from uh, Avengers right. Civil War, or Captain America Civil War, pretty much Avengers Civil War. Um, and yeah. in that movie, when he showed up first on the big screen for Marvel. Oh my God, that was my... That turn, hands turn down. Giant. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's he he's taping himself during this whole thing with his cell phone and just watching those videos, it's totally a teenager thing to do too. I love that they, um, I mean, we're gonna try to not give away the plot, but even with the vulture, who I'd have to say was always one of my least favorite right, characters. Why he was kind of just lame yeah. and stuff. They always gave him that stupid bald head. <laughs> but he was fucking amazing in this. Well, thanks to the Birdman himself, Michael Keaton. You mean the, Batman? The, because Batman was included. The hero of all things winged. I did find it <laughs> hilarious, though, that Birdman became Birdman. Yeah. He was incredible. The acting. Not giving away the scene. Right. But the first smart villain I've ever seen yeah. on... Like, are you talking whole, about this? The alter, the asking towards the end. Yes. Oh my god, the intensity in that scene for both of the actors, not just Michael. I mean, Michael Keaton was amazing, and watching him come to terms with what they were talking about and realizing things was because you could see it on his face. Uh-huh. It was amazing, and watching Tom Holland's character, Spider Man, come to the realization that he's coming to the realization of something is just the interaction and the tension between the two was... But I, I want to quick point out, though, every single Spider-Man, in every single movie, it seems, you always need to have two bad guys. Right. Like, you have the one and then that, and then the big bad one. Where this one, it didn't really have that. It, it, Shocker showed up. He, they were like lackeys, though. But yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of cool. Now... Knowing and having always known what they're going to be planning on a Sinister Six, just the small cameos and the small little glimpses of this person or that is cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. But and, and I was glad that they did have a shocker moment, but I'm just glad that that didn't overpower right. the Vulture, overpower Michael Keaton's like just performing like oh, amazingly. So, so with that. I want to just go to a couple key points because, like I said, I don't want to give everything away. Right. But the suit. Yes. Was amazing. It was It's Stark really good. Tech. And so with that, there's a lot of different things that Spider-Man could do. Right. I like that they unlocked it before they needed it. Yes. The babysitting program or yeah, the, the, training wheels. Yeah, training wheels protocol that was on the suit to keep him from using mm-hmm. all of its powers. And just seeing some of those powers... Was very interesting. What I liked is... Would you like to go to instant kill mode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Karen, why are you guys going to instant kill? Is, in the comic books right now, I mean, Peter Parker is past college and has Stark injured... Right. Uh, not Stark injured. Parker, Parker Industries. Industries, yeah. And he is developing more cool tech, secret James Bond type stuff for him, Spider-Man, right. that they kind of, it seemed... Because you always say the the comic books, when these movies come out, they always somehow shoehorn stuff in. And I'm glad that, at least in the comic book, it's separate. But I was also like, oh, that's kind of a nod to what's going on with Peter Parker right Right. now with the futuristic tech stuff. So, Ultimate Spider-Man, maybe not the comic 
book itself, but the animated series that they were doing on Disney where he was literally the protege of Iron Man and they had their whole group that was in, they lived in the shield helicarrier or whatever. His suit was kind of a little more teched out because he was a shield agent, technically. Well, speaking of Iron Man, the perfect amount. Yes. And Robert Downey Jr., I can... I can see other people playing. We've seen multiple Spider-Mens. We've right. seen multiple different other people play different parts. I don't see a person that no. can we take up the mantle. Last week. There's no one. And his performance in this was also perfect. And like I said, I was afraid with him being included in this, it was going to be too much. Right. And it was just the right amount. It was, was Spider-Man's movie with a little fist bump from Iron Man. Yeah. And then it was like, I would say if you add... Added up the screen time for Tony Stark in that movie. Ten minutes, maybe total, fifteen, perhaps. It was a good. It was a good length of a movie. Yeah. Okay, so two things I do want to point out: the end fight, not where it was, but how colorful it was. It blew my eyeballs out. I couldn't keep track of what was going on. Exactly, and I thought that was kind of really interesting. The technology that then made that work like that. Right. That I'm like. Wow, they were really going for some visual effects here. Yeah. But it made sense with what they were it doing. It did. I, I had a hard time following it, which made me mad at the time because I was like, I just want to fucking see what's going on. But then I was like, well, I mean, if this was happening in real life, you wouldn't be able to follow it either. Not that it would happen in real life, but... <laughs> Technically three things, and I want to leave the other one separate. Uh, Vulture's suit looked amazing. Yeah, it did. That thing, and half the time, though, I was it, it felt, because in the comic books, he's always kind of just had a wingsuit, which it just worked. It wasn't kind of a mechanical, like, I don't know what you'd kind of call it, but... It's like a mech. A jet, mech yeah, yeah. jetpack, kind of. Yeah. But it felt a little bit like the Goblin uh, Paraglider. Yeah. Only more badass. Oh, and what it more could badass. Do. Yeah. I liked how, and this might be a little bit spoilery, sorry... But I like how, and I'll try to say this in the least spoilery amount possible, but I like how <clears throat> in other Spider-Man movies and just in general, that this tech just exists out of nowhere because people are really smart. And that's the only reason it exists. But mm -hmm. in this movie, they use the environment around them and what has happened in the MCU to help create this suit and other stuff. The, the Shatari uh, yeah. technology. Yeah, and other alien technology. Like, they, I mean, they're going after it all, which makes sense. And I thought that was really cool that they actually thought to use that in the movie. Now, I want to say uh, the, the one thing that I didn't like was how big the Washington Monument was. That blew my mind. Is but it that, not that big? It is not that big at all. No? I've never and been to it in real life. So you can probably honest, get away with it if you've never seen it. <laughs> there's not an elevator either. So No? It's it but comic book wise, I'm I'm okay with that. It yeah. didn't take anything away from the movie. In fact, that is their universe where they made a Washington monument that huge. Right. What I love though was when there wasn't anything to swing from. Oh. How often, and I was even thinking of it, like, after the movie of, in the, was Andrew Garfield one, where they had all the cranes align, mm -hmm. and, because the one guy's like, oh, we need to help out Spider-Man, let's align the cranes! Yeah, so he had something to, so swing, he had something from. to swing from. 
okay, that was kind of cool in what they did More to fun, explain. Spider-Man running across the golf course. Yes! <laughs> Just that, they, that he couldn't always... Or when he was trying to chase them and how uh, fucking green crazy. he was yes. trying to be Spider-Man, even yes. though he was Spider-Man. Probably thinks he's an Avenger. How, yeah. How he's always trying to he's, call and giving yeah. up life to be Spider-Man, which... Is part of the big part of the movie, right? And but it was just fun to see him be like running across. Yes, yes, running, running into things, being winded, like he was out of breath all the time, which you never really get from your superheroes ever. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, I loved fucking Aunt May in this movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, come on. And everyone making like jokes of how hot she. Yes. Yeah, Aunt May's always. May. Aunt May has always been an old Aunt May. Mm-hmm. She's never really been young. This young new version is a bit different. I love how much uh, Tony Stark is, you know, yes. asking about her. And, yes. But yeah. It makes sense though, like if you think about it. So he's fourteen. His mm-hmm. par- if his parents had that him when they were in their mid twenties, they would be in their late thirties or forties. Yeah, so why would May be that much older than what Peter's parents? Would I'm gonna be? feel like an idiot going with just memory. I believe those were his parents' aunt and uncle. Oh, uh, okay. But right. aunt uncle sometimes family can just be like that. Yeah, not related to his parents. That's um, true. That's true. Just an older. Right. Grouping of but, people. Man, she was great. There was it was just the right amount of of her. Like she was the perfect amount of parent. And and I will say this, I because I want to also we're gonna quick wrap this up because I don't want to. We'll keep going into spoiler oh my God. territory. We'll have to do the, like the, a full full review after yeah, this comes out. <laughs> the the supporting cast. So good. Good, surprising, mm-hmm. fresh. Mm-hmm. Like I've used fresh a lot, but it. Mm-hmm. I like the direction they're going with. Yes. <clears throat> Doesn't need to be the comic books. The no, characters don't need not, to be... It's not the comic oh, books. Oh, not at all. Mm-mm. And, uh, was it Ed? Ned? Ned. Oh, my God. He's my new favorite. When he found... It's, it is kind of known in the from the previews the trailers, yeah. Yeah, that he knows who yes. Spider-Man is. They go which is taking whole... a bit of from uh, Miles Morales having uh, his best friend know that he was Spider-Man. I think that that is the perfect thing for yes. this new young Spider-Man to mm-hmm. to have the man in the chair, yes, and to just have at least one person talk. Because right. I can't imagine like the old school Spider-Man, like no one could know, right? And even his secret identity was not known even to other heroes because of him always trying to protect it. That was just great. Oh, at least yeah. just one person knew, and, and he was like. He's just the perfect little sidekick. And when they are, they're when they're tracking something and they're sitting in his bedroom, basically having a sleepover, and something beeps, and he had, Ned had passed out in the bed, and he sits up, and he's got the Spider-Man mask on. It's just the funniest thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know you don't need our review to go see it. Go but fucking see it. It is one of the the best. It is MCU movies I have seen. Just with the amount of time. And, you know, delicacy they took to make mm-hmm. this. Because they knew that if they would have screwed this oh, up, yeah. people would have been upset. Yeah, yeah. We can't have three reboots within no. a century. All I can say is don't get your panties in a bunch that this isn't the Spider-Man you know. Because it's not. There are things that they have changed that fanboys can get outraged about. 
Don't in, do it. In fact, I... Yeah. Don't do it. Just go watch it. Be happy that it's there. Be happy Because of that, though, there's been death home. threats to one of the actors and... That's so for news, But I don't want to give that part away yeah. because of... Right. That's fucked up. That's you, fucked up, people. I guess anyone could really search Google right now to spoil it from themselves. Don't do it. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. So, let's get into Off the Shelf. Yes. Halfway through the podcast <laughs> at this point. So... <clears throat> This book actually came out, I, I don't know, I'm I'm behind in my books. Um, but so this book came out last week or the week before, not entirely sure. Um, so I caught up on some reading last night, and I read Gem and the Holograms, number 26. Yay, Gem, she's making her triumphant return, only to find out that this was the last issue of Gem and the Holograms. I got to, I didn't know that this was the last one. I didn't know they were stuck. 26 is such a weird number to stop on. Yeah, it is a weird number. I had to think about <laughs> it for a second. Like, wait a minute, is that? No, two years is 24. Um, <laughs> so I got to the end, and there's a write-up from the editor of the book, who is Sarah Gatos. Um, basically saying, I had a really awesome time editing this book, and I hope you enjoyed it, too. Thanks for being fans. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. What? Because this book does not conclude. Like, this is not a storyline that has concluded. So it's probably, they're probably doing other stuff, would be my guess. But this is the last Gem and the Holograms book. Where they go from here, I don't know. It's going to be called something else, is my guess. Um, so I think one of the very first books I reviewed on Drunken Comics was Gem of the Holograms, so I yeah. thought it was apt that I review the last one, not my last Drunken Comics, so just the last book. Um, and just to, to quickly wrap things up, they, I mean, there's, there's, Gem of the Holograms are a big success. The Misfits have kind of fallen out of favor because they're you know, the Mean Girls, and they did some stuff to get them kicked off their record label. <clears throat> and they're in Hawaii doing a fundraiser, and Kimber's missing because she has fallen off a mountain and broken her leg or sprained her leg. So this book starts with them going to find her, and I mean, the whole events of the book aren't anything epic and, like, series ending. They go find Kimber. It's like an episode. They found her. She's okay. Everybody's happy. The girls that told her to go meet her girlfriend on the on the mountain were kidding and they thought they were going to break up her and her girlfriend. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> oh, we feel bad now because she got hurt. Like it was your very stereotypical gem in the hologram story. But I feel like if they would have done anything bigger than that, it kind of would have ruined anything they were doing afterwards. So it concludes with Rio knowing gem and, and, um, fuck. Jerrica are the same person. Ooh. Yes. Because she told him, and then he broke up with her because she had been lying to him. And yeah. and when she was Gem, she was dating um, the lead singer from one of the other competing bands. So he considered that cheating on him. It, I guess that, that, that very much right. is. Right. So there's that whole dynamic going on, and it's it's... Like, they don't know where to go next. Like, they're kind of like, are we done? Are we going to keep going? The misfits aren't, aren't here anymore. We did our, our big thing. We've succeeded, and we've done everything we wanted to do. And I guess this is where the sitcom ends, right? So, um, 
But how, how was her uh, taste in darkness? Her taste in darkness. Remember when there was Oh, when it was when she went when Synergy went evil. Mm-hmm. That storyline was good and weird. Um, was it, that part of the twenty six? Was that yeah. the main line? Yep. It was. It was probably right in the middle. Tech Rat. I don't know if you did. You watch Gem and the Holograms growing up? Oh fuck yeah! Do you remember Tech Rat? I don't remember. No, he was just this like lackey of the misfits who did computer okay, shit. Okay, yeah. He I infected think I Synergy somehow with a virus. I don't even think he knew what he was doing. Like he obviously didn't know he was infecting Synergy with a virus. But like this is another young kid then. Yeah. Yeah. The, in this iteration. Yep. So, um, and she went evil and was turning everybody else evil with music. It was very interesting. But they recovered from that very much like they would have in the TV show, where it happened and then it was done. And nobody talks about it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But, that being said, really I wanted to review this book because through this whole series, it's just been, it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It knows what it is. It knows that it's a comic book about an 80s television show about a music band, right? So it follows that format very well. But it also covers issues like uh, same-sex relationships and uh, body image and stuff like that. Things that girls who would read this book struggle with. So it's fun, but it's also like, it's. I feel like it's so important for girls to read books like this because it it handles those issues in such a way that you can really relate to them. Mm-hmm. So now that it's reached its conclusion, it's you're going to be able to go buy the whole series, I would imagine, in a trade. And you should, even if you read all of them, you should buy them all in one little happy book and read them over and over and over again and then give them to a girl that you know and make her read them and pass <laughs> it on because it's just, it's so good. And even boys like this book, I know you read a couple and you thought it was fun. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's definitely better than that trash of a movie that came out last year. A year, how long ago did that movie come out? Oh my god, it was well, it would have been a year ago from uh, last Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, so a year and a half ago yeah. from now, when that was the best thing ever. I feel like we need to do another drunk <laughs> review of a terrible movie. We got drunk that night too. We weren't planning on it, but that <laughs> sure happened. And we watched the most <laughs> terrible movie ever. It was terrible, and it made me sad. This book makes me happy, and it'll make you happy, too. And... Well, you know what make you happy? What? So, uh, Kelly Thompson, yes. creator of this, yes. has said that this Who is not the end. Me. This is just the, the hiatus, yes. and an encore is happening this summer. Oh. What that means and what that is is still to be known. Well, they've already come out with issue one of Infinite, which is a crossover series. So... It's got both Gem and the Holograms and the Misfits. One issue for Gem and the Holograms, one issue for the Misfits, and back and forth and back and forth. And I actually have that, but I have not caught up on the Misfits, so I feel like I can't read it yet. Misfits, like I said, going back to the music of Gem, I always felt the Misfits were better. That's what pissed me off about the fucking movie, is you don't get the Misfits until the very end, and and then you're like, this movie was so shitty, they're never gonna make another one. (laughs) (laughs) My god, I'm just now really truly remembering some of that movie, (laughs) and it was terrible. Um, But Kelly Thompson has been on the the writer on this book the whole time. The art started with Sophie Campbell, um, but has been passed along down the issues to people like Jen Martell and Jen St. Ange, and this one was Giselle Legace. But it's always 
for the most part, as far as I know, a female, like, writer and artist working on it. So, um, it's just girl power. It's just pure girl power. And I love it. And it's our booze in a book this week, too. It is. It is. Well, what, so, what makes it our booze in the book? I'm pairing this book with Strawberry Shorts Cake from Shorts Brewing Company. Uh, this beer is fucking delicious. It tastes like a strawberry, and I love it. Um, and it's pink, and it's sweet, just like this book is. But if you stick with it for a while, it'll fuck you up a little bit, because it'll make you feel things. <laughs> <laughs> just like any beer would. But they are a perfect combination. So, while you're reading Gem in the Holograms, drink some strawberry shorts cake. Unless you're underage. Don't drink and read comics, kids. Unless you're 21 and over. <laughs> Oh my god, you're being responsible. Um, it's the gem and the holograms. I can't help it. Well, <laughs> since you brought that up, there is something that I've been wanting to talk about. Okay. And it's kind of a review of the series because I was devastated that it ended. And that is the Flintstones. Okay. Issue number 12 saw the end of it. And I caught up on a lot of comic books this last week. And... Same with Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, even though that had a teaser for later. I'd spoken about Wacky Raceland, mm -hmm. which that ended after six issues, but they are going to go um, do another one with Dastard, Dastardly. Um, but the Flintstones, out of all of these Hanna-Barbera comics, was the best, like, hands-down social commentary I've ever read in a comic book, which most people may not like that. But when you can take a beloved, like, childhood cartoon and really encompass what is going on in the world nowadays mm -hmm. with the basis of Bedrock, it really makes for an incredible story. Um, Mark Russell, the writer, and uh, Steve Pugh, the artist, did a fantastic job of bringing the new age old Stone Age <laughs> Flintstones to They're life. They're a modern Stone Age family. Yes, and very much modern, insomuch that the series, each book, or each comic book issue, had one specific uh, idea or something that they were kind of proposing that you could read them all and you saw a progression on some of those other things, but you could really pick up each issue and really get... Uh, an in-depth like day in the life right, of kind of like watching the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. With so much so that there was some over uh, arcing like things with their appliances, and like I've mentioned it before uh, on the podcast of like there goes uh, Adam and Steve, mm. and the whole joking mm. of you know. Yeah. Adam yes. and Steve, not Adam and Eve. The first issue when backwards. when Barney's even saying you know don't you know you have like neanderthals in the back yeah joking like because they're neanderthals but they were neanderthals and right. looked down on kind of they were i don't just know didn't wilma come from a neanderthal tribe no they were just hunter gatherers oh okay and and you get the sense of they are building society without knowing what society is right when in one of the issues a uh, uh, economist comes and talks about the like the economy and how it works and then talks about all the downfalls of certain uh, different uh, economical structures. Very interesting. You have a 
person in there that is uh, like Carl Carl Sagan and very atheistic and science. Right. Uh, Talking about going. stars. You have uh, Reverend uh, Tom who. Is that that guy that hangs out at Grand Valley? What? Wasn't his name Reverend Tom? You went to Grand Valley anyway. I don't. We're not going to talk about that. Sorry. You know the real Reverend Tom. <laughs> and how he they had you know a a God and then uh, and I forget what it first started off as but then that wasn't working for them so then it was uh, a vacuum one of the appliances and then it turned into Gerald and and so all praise Gerald or when you people see people say like. Gerald darn it or something like <laughs> that's their guy that they're praying to this day. And when he realizes he needs money to pay bills and starts a collection and then people can absolve their sins by paying no. money. And yep. there's a lot of things that go into it. And even so much when it was the last issue and I'm like, no, this is ending where they're like trying to make a giant like sign out in front of the church of uh, Gerard, Gerard uh, says this or something. Well, just abbreviate Gerard. So G dash D says be good or something. So that's how we'll get like, and I thought that was just very interesting. They've had aliens visit earth. So within the whole, like the Jetsons have visited the Flintstones and crossovers and comics. We also had the, the The great great zoo. Yeah. And it was interesting how they, they approached that with having the earth be a, a spring break party destination with these aliens and pretty much the Neanderthals kind of like acting as if it was nothing different, but also strange. Mm-hmm. You also have other aliens coming in, trying to like buy all the water and everything and huh. talking to Fred thinking he's like the head person of this world. <laughs> but then in towards the later part of this whole story arc, so you've already seen aliens come, you have the great Gazoo who in the, the, the TV show mm-hmm. helped Fred and Barney here he's helping all of humanity by trying to save the earth from people who are trying to exploit these young cave people there are so many different uh types of um plots and everything throughout this book that i cannot like push this on enough people it was one of the best series and i was sad to see it end um hands down best series of the past year and I'm sad that it's over, and I hope this gets to be to be continued, even though it just said the end. You think that if they continue it, though, it'll lose some of its spunk? I don't think so. No? I think they had everything from Claude the Destroyer becoming the mayor because, well, he wanted to go to war with the lizard people, who no one had really a problem with, but let's go to war. <laughs> And, like, there are so many things, and I won't even get into some of what Claude did, but, yeah, it like, and just the re, where Bam Bam came from, like, was very heart-wrenching, and just how they're just trying to survive when they, a mall opens, and how consumerisms just makes them want to buy, 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 and, it's, yeah, it was great. Do you, do you happen to recall who writes this lovely book that you praised so highly? Yeah, Mark, I already said it. Do you, do you, you have been through? You did not say it today. Yeah, I did. Uh, everyone listening, <laughs> go back to about seven minutes ago while I'm watching this when I said written by Mark Russell, art by Stephen Quinn. Pew, I think it's P-U-G-H. Pew. Yeah. Pug or Pew. I said that. All so. Right. Good. Now you said it again. 
Yeah. All right, Tony and I are going to get in a fight if we keep talking about comic books. Oh, so. speaking about fight. <laughs> so Marvel likes to have comic people fight all the time. Like in Secret Empire. Which is actually surprisingly good. Um, my other quick review that I'm going to do, uh, Secret Empire number 5, explained uh, quite a bit about what's going on in the series. However, I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy with the way the series has been uh, panning out. Except for the reintroduction of Bruce Banner. Okay. He just died... Civil War, mm-hmm. which was the last event, his body ain't even cold yet. Right. And he's back. Yeah. We and all it, knew that was going to happen, though. Not this soon. No? And no, we didn't, because with how they've kept Wolverine yeah. d- dead, but then they got Old Man Logan, but they still have Amadeus Cho, who's right. the new Hulk, and from everything I've read, they're going to continue on with him being the new Hulk. Right. It, it, it felt a little forced. However, this issue explained a lot about why Vision, Wanda, and even Thor are helping out Captain America. Because you would think, why are these heroes doing it? As I explained within the Zero issue in Free Comic Book Day, how some of the heroes are trapped outside. Mm. And and it's, it's interesting because with him picking up the hammer, like I said, he's worthy. He believes he's worthy. And how easily they have taken over America. You have, like, the secret railroad going on up to Canada. You have Las Vegas is now destroyed because he's ruthless motherfucker. I'm seeing how this is uh, is a big event. And you're seeing the seeds that have been planted. As well as one of the uh, a better cameo of person being resurrected, the Red Skull. In his best Negan impression, mm-hmm. uh, with his his bat, uh, I yeah, I don't even know what this new Ultimate uh, Cap is doing. There is just a lot of stuff going on in Secret Empire that it's hard to explain without reading it. But what I'm going to tell you is read it. Yeah, it's and worth the read. Having issue number four alone with having Ultron, uh, Hank Pym. Uh, Alpim, I don't know how you'd say it, <laughs> but there was there was a, a a book that was made, The Rage of Ultron, where uh, Hank Pym sacrificed himself to join Ultron to try to get him to stop always destroying everything. And what you see is kind of a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde now, where he is part of Ultron. Ultron wears part of his face, mm. even though it's not physically. Like, like Hank. A, he wears it like a mask. Yes, but oh, but Hank's but Hank's, <laughs> Hank's consciousness and everything is in the Ultron right. body, and so they are merged to a point. The dinner was creepy and everything in issue four. That alone made this whole series awesome because of the subtleties of even getting back to. They brought up again his accidentally hitting Jane from way back when, right. and him saying, "You know, it was a mistake." And, and all that, which true, and why does he have to always suffer for this one sin? Well, then you created Ultron, so, I mean, there's a couple more <laughs> sins you got there. But he also was kind of like the social commentary of, you guys fight and fight and fight and make up and fight and fight mm. and one big event to the next. And I'm like, wow, he, he is definitely, like... He's really selling those books for Marvel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So, Secret Empire, amazing. Don't know where it's all going to go. However, it's probably all going to go to Cap with Cap dying. Yeah. As Ulysses had predicted within Civil War, even though it didn't happen at the end of Civil War, did it just get delayed to the end of this? We all know Miles Morales was the person that was with him when he died. I don't think he's going to be the reason why he died, but mm. maybe he is. Who knows? Interesting. But now let's go on to Marvel Legacy. Yes, this this upcoming... Is it even an event, or is it just a reboot of the... No one knows. Of the... the of Marvel comic books? It, it, or what's going on with this Legacy 100% thing? people are comparing it to DC's Rebirth. Having seen the good things that they... Oh, by the way, uh, with uh, Secret Empire number one, it brought Marvel back to top uh, percentage uh, last month in May. Oh, it did. It, yeah. They were able to... That's impressive. Oh, I can't even find it. It's probably really one of the only books that are selling right now. Although the X-Men comic books coming back, those were those are pretty good, too. Yeah, I can't find in my notes where uh, it says. But anyways, they beat out uh, DC just a bit. Oh. Then it went DC and then uh, Image as for sales-wise. Good. Kudos to them. Mm-hmm. But they still have a lot to room to grow. So there is going to be the renumbering. They're going to go back to uh, their old numbering system, which was what DC ended up doing, right. which made a lot of people happy. So copy them there. What is funny is I've learned out of all the different uh, titles that are going to be coming out, guess how many different series there's going to be from Marvel? You take a guess, a number. Is it 52? <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is an educated guess. Yeah. <laughs> and That's I'm, DC's I'm, number. I'm... Is, what? <laughs> I wasn't bringing that up for no other reason than it was just 52. <laughs> no, that is blatant. Mm-hmm. And they can easily throw in another title, take it out another title. That is just what some retailers are speculating from yeah. the many variant covers, which there are 52 of them. Yes. So there are 52 different... Okay, the the covers, they're le- they're called legacy covers, aka they are harkening back to an old school cover, not even of the same series, but of a style. There's right. Spider Man who was in jail, uh, which was I believe Captain a America. Captain America being mm-hmm. in jail. Are these gonna like kind of retread the same story within, or is it just a variant cover? Right. Don't know. However, retailers are pissed. The one other big thing besides numbering is we don't want all these fucking variant no. covers. No, we don't. That's a lot of variant covers. Yeah. Oh, that's one for each new of the series. Right. Which, how are they going to order? What are they going to order for retailers wise? Yeah. Well, I mean, why aren't these just the covers? You know the regular. Why wouldn't you use the awesome covers as the covers for your relaunch? Mm-hmm. Why are you going to make a lame cover and then put out these awesome covers too? Just put out the fucking awesome covers, Marvel. <laughs> yeah. So there's no there's no reason for that. Variant covers are going to variant covers are going to kill this industry slowly, but they're going to do it. They're they're choking the stream. Plus. Retailers always feel like they can up charge for those fucking things, and they're not worth it. Oh, no, for sure. Well, buying comics for anything is not worth That's it true. just to read. 
don't listen to anyone else because of that. Um, one of the other big speculations was going to be that the Fantastic Four are going to get back together. And that is not looking like anytime soon. We still have Ben and, and Johnny, and it looks like they're going to be teaming up, so you're going to have one half the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Two. But they are still keeping Reed and Sue in outer space somewhere, creating universes. And I'm still okay with that. That is one of them where I want them to kind of have a good retirement. When they come back, it's not going to be a shoehorned event, even though right. they've said there's going to be an event, or there's not going to be any more events after this for a while. <laughs> but I feel like they say that all the time. Um, one of the things by just looking at the covers, too, which is interesting, is the Punisher's cover, which looks like there's going to be the Punisher is going to be War stealing machine? War Machine yeah, armor. Which that's scary. Well, I mean, how how much of the same thing can you have Punisher do? That's true. Always going after like the Russian mob or Italian mob or any other mob. He's become a Frankenstein monster, Frankencastle for a little bit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I really am interested in to seeing him upgrade his his weapons. Right. Well, and you know we've got a rehash of Planet Hulk coming too, according to the covers. Well, not not rehash. It'd be more of a revisiting. Yeah. Sending Amadeus Cho to Planet Hulk, and um, we might finally be reaching the end of Lady Thor and her run, which I think that's going to be fucking sad. Well, from everything that I've heard, she has the choice of either remaining a goddess for the rest of her life or dying as a human. And all signs are pointing to her dignity and dying as a human. Yeah. Which I wonder if, with that, will they make Thor worthy again? Mm. I, I don't know. But it, it's going to be interesting and in going back... I will say this, out of go returning everything to the status quo and everything, I have d varying opinions on what should or when, because sometimes it could just be a long story arc. Right. Um, it sounds like Falcon is going to be Falcon again and not being the Captain America hybrid. For all I know, I'm believing Captain America is going to be dead. Right. So there may be another Captain America taking up a shield. But when it comes to Thor, I kind of want Thor... Thor has... It's because he is Thor. Right. I just want That's, him to have his yeah. fucking toy back. Right. Have his <laughs> hammer. That makes sense. But we did learn who, uh, last week, who the war Thor is. Volstag? I don't know enough about one of the, I don't know what, what that means. Okay, one of the other... <laughs> I'll explain it to you later. Okay. But one of the other uh, Asgardians. Okay. And that, that is interesting in itself because he's definitely worthy. He's one of the most genuine of Thor's friends. Yeah. So, here's my question about these variant covers. As I've found, as you probably have as well, in comic book history, that the cover doesn't always correspond to the inside of the book. And that's the, the thing. Book. That's where I don't know. But, like I said, because they are taking other comic book covers from before and making like specifically for the book so right. they could have picked any other comic book like i said the spider-man one was of the captain america in jail which mm -hmm. probably didn't have to do anything with captain america but from everything we've been uh reading from the solicits 
Spider-Man's going to get in some trouble with Naughty. his Parker Industries, yeah. so he's probably going to be in jail. So I'm almost imagining now these covers are actually part of the stories within, because as you're you're right, there's always the covers of the person's dead on the cover, and you think, yeah, oh, and then you oh, read it, gonna... and you're like, yeah, fuckers. <laughs> so because of that, looking more of what the cover is now compared to what it was is going to be more telling than just lining the two up, however they are. But they still say the new age of Marvel is not going to have superheroes fighting superheroes. Not Civil War, not ABX. They're making them go back to... Well, I mean, them fighting each other has always been written in somewhere. Yes, but when hearing about this, I'm like, that has always been written in. I, I look at the other side of the pond to DC and wow, they, they really don't have a lot of that internal fighting all the time. Yeah, just Batman and Superman get bugs up their ass sometimes and hate each other. Yeah. Other or the justice that, league yeah. sometimes has a, a strife in right. between, but not every single year. Are they just like, Oh, you were an ally and I know you're a hero, but now, now this granted, is just Marvel going. We made our superheroes too powerful, and our villains are really shitty. So the only thing we can do is make them fight <laughs> <Yeah>. each other. <laughs> Where at least the other side, they're like DC's like, man, we got some pretty yeah. good villains. We can just throw whatever villain towards yep. all of them, and that yeah. I mean, it's going to be a great relief. I would be happy in a couple years, like five at the mm-hmm. minimum, when they do have maybe you know something come up where. But even then, not the Avengers versus X-Men again. Because you know the X-Men are fucking good. Yeah. You know the Avengers are good. Yeah. Sure, and humans now being more out in the open, okay, they're a little bit different. You don't know what they are, and they're kind of, you know, being dominant with their presence of royalty and everything. I get that a bit, but really, it... It's been done. There's... There's... Two, there's two outcomes to those fights. One side wins, and then next time the next side wins. And it just keeps going back and forth. And there's no surprises anymore with those fights. So, I'm glad to. I'm over it. I'm over it! Um, so, in movies, with the new Hellboy movie coming out, uh... We are definitely looking forward to this R-rated version of Hellboy. It's going to be bloodier and not heavy on the CGI, which I'm also really happy to hear, because that means it's going to be awesome costuming instead of CGI. But I still don't know if I'm okay with another Hellboy movie. How are you not okay with Oh, God, just Ron Perlman did that movie so well. But you put... If you, you, if you love it, let it go. I know. And if it comes back... I in know. a different form. It's almost like I feel bad for him. <laughs> for run? Yeah. I think he's doing okay. I think he is too. <laughs> he doesn't need my sympathy. Sorry, Ron. But uh, I don't know much about this. There's they, It has a working title. Rise of the Blood Queen. I don't know. I didn't read enough Hellboy to know if that's significant to the story. I haven't either, so unfortunately our our main Hellboy person, James, hasn't been around in a while, but I may have to pick his brain. We will have to definitely get his feelings. He's actually really excited about this. When we posted the article, he came out of the woodwork and responded with, hell yeah! So (laughs) I guess I should be excited too if if our expert on the subject is excited. 
Uh, news. That's you got a couple more things for us. I'm gonna <laughs> shit tone. I could go all day <laughs> from being devastated learning Sensei was canceled. I didn't see that. To seeing they're having a two-hour movie. That's not really comic book, but it's super. It's just something he wanted to bitch about. Well, it's superhero-y. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess this isn't comic either, but it's there sure is might as well be a comic book of it. The Jetsons mm. are getting a live action TV show. Yeah. And I couldn't be happier about really? that. The Flintstones and Jetsons were the same story, just in different right. times. Future with, and past. With different technology doing interesting things. I really enjoyed the Jetsons, and to see how this will be, and it being a, a TV series, so following the life of. Now, in the original Jetsons, it was the year 2068. That's not too far in our future. <laughs> this one, they're, they're, they're planning on putting it 100 years in the future, so okay. like 3018. All right. So updating it a bit there. Uh, so there is still time to ruin the Earth to have them be living in platforms above <laughs> the Earth. Hopefully, maybe they've explained that. Right. Uh, but yeah, I am very uh, happy for that. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, who created Back to the Future. Oh, so maybe we will see some DeLoreans flying around. Interesting. Um, one big thing. Uh, do you know whose birthday is in August? Josh's. Okay, someone famous. <laughs> Jack, uh, Jack, Jack Kirby is uh, celebrating what would have been... Yeah, he's not celebrating. What would have <laughs> been his 100th birthday. Uh, and DC has a lot of uh, one-shots uh, coming out. Uh, we've learned that Marvel kind of has a lackluster variant covers, but one of the big things that the, that's been announced is that they're trying to get, um, the Google homepage to have a Google doodle, doodle. Say that, say that again. Have a Google doodle. (laughs) Google doodles are when you go to Google and there's a doodle. There is something interesting from a very famous person um, on their birthday, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be the 100th or, or an anniversary birthday, usually it is though, or a discovery of this and that, and it really would be cool because he is one of the biggest creators mm-hmm. of comic books as we know. Oh yeah. And so there is a petition online that you can sign, many people are just trying to get Google's attention to know that, hey, this would be kind of cool comic book fans unite to right. see something as simple as that specifically and you know you can do this for anything but um if you e- google has an email for proposals for their google doodles so if you email proposals at google.com with the proposal for a google doodle for jack kirby and then list all the reasons why you think he should have one you could also do that for drunk on comics and get them their own doodle but jack kirby first <laughs> Um, Stan Lee actually has, uh, his birthday's in December, but there's something you can do. They're trying to get him a, um, star on the Walk of Fame, so you can actually go to, uh, what is it, the United Legion Legion M, M, yes, and sign up for, um, you can have your picture put into, like, one of those photo mosaics that'll be of him, and you can write up, they're making him a book, you can write a little note to him and about why you think he's awesome, and just pitch in for his his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So I think that's also another cool thing you can do to 
show these creators you love them, although I think Stanley knows that you do. Well, his, He's rich, so. Nice cameo. <laughs> I forgot about that, too. Nice, nice cameo. The Watcher showed up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, that's it for me. I'm just going to sit here and play with your 800 fidget spinners all night. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, it's going to be 1,000. Tony's a hoarder, you guys. <laughs> kind of true. I'm not going to lie. Um, Do you have any words of wisdom for us this evening? Our our words of wisdom guru took a pass on tonight because he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Josh. <laughs> I wanted his opinions and now I don't want them at all. Or his quotes. <laughs> um, yeah, whenever you know, you're know you stuck with a choice, uh, always, always go for the... Always choose to do something. Don't. Just don't. Yabba dabba do. <laughs> Stay thirsty for more of Tony's wisdom next week. <laughs> Damn right. 